0: Now, with it being Friday, there's already a ton of reason to be generally just whew, relaxed, right? However, sometimes you could still get quite worked up. Eh? AM's with AJ on VFX. Hope you're having a good Friday morning. And I'm always curious into what uh, tips can help reduce stress because, despite I think generally being able to just take a deep breath, logically work my way through it. Occasionally, you still get the cringe, you still get the anxiety, and you still gotta find yourself on edge. Well, a new trick out is called the five, four, three, two, one trick. Easy enough to remember, right? So the next time you're stressed out, you think of five things you can see, can be anything. Then you think of four things you can actually feel, like your heartbeat or how warm the sun is. Three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and then focus on one thing you taste. Doing all of this is supposed to shift your attention to your senses, so you can feel more focused on the present instead of what's been bothering you. It's really interesting because then you work your way through all of them. And I think by the end of it, you're like, okay, what was I thinking about? You might forget. All of a sudden, it might not seem as important because you work so hard to focus on those five things. At the end of the day, I think taking the power away from stress, I think, is just taking your hypotheticals running through, right? Because more often than not, I think that's really what it is, is all of a sudden you think, oh, oh. My boss said, we need to talk later. Well, what could it be? What did I do? Is it this thing? Is that what it is? Am I going to get fired? I think you just run through those hypotheticals. My brain has prepared me for so many situations that have never even remotely happened. But I've I've had something to say in every one of those situations because my brain's been like, okay, well, what if they do this? I mean, they're definitely going to st- tell you that you're worthless. So what should you say in that situation? He right? runs you through those all those worst cases. You're like, they better not do that. Like I don't think I'll flip a desk, but I might flip a desk. Five, four, three, two, one. Five things you can see, uh, four things you can hear th- excuse me, four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste, takes your mind off the stress and allows you to just... <sighs> Speaking of stress, a really interesting listener message, and especially for Cash Valley Secrets. How much do you really have to borrow a phrase? Get gussied up? When you go out to run errands, if they're errands, isn't there a little bit of a, a understanding among society that it's like, ah, well, they're just running some errands. I totally get them kind of being dressed down. How gussied up do you really have to get to go out and run errands? I mean, they're errands. Isn't it about comfort and mobility? Cause nobody really wants to be doing them. AMs with AJ at VFX. Got a message from a listener. It says I go to the grocery store in my pajamas. I go to the mall in my pajamas. I'll shop anywhere in my pajamas. I don't think it's a big deal. My husband says it's trashy and embarrassing. I need him to go grocery shopping with me to help me get stuff that's up high because I'm short. He's refusing to go with me if I don't dress in jeans or something more acceptable. I don't think it's a big deal. I'm not here to impress anyone. Is it trashy to go shopping in PJs? To me, the answer is no. Now, like, am I going to go out of my way? Like, am I like, oh, it's grocery store time. Going to grab the sweatpants. No. But, like, I like to wear shorts and a T-shirt and say, we get to go grocery shop on Saturday. Ashley and I do tomorrow. If uh, we get up and we decide that we're not taking a shower and I'm just going to put short, I'll probably throw a sweatshirt on and some shoes and go like that doesn't bother me because at the end of the day, I'm uh, on board with our list here because like, who cares? So we're going to judge you at the grocery store. I ain't single. I ain't trying to impress anybody. I'm just trying to get my stuff done. So if I'm running out the door, like, what is it? Who, who? Who is it in the grocery store? They looking at the grocery store, as long as you're wearing like comfortable or appropriate clothing, that would be the word I think more, but comfortable, appropriate clothing, who's going to be like, oh my God, who wants to spend time with those people anyway then? They're really judging you for being underdressed at a grocery store? It's a grocery store. The mall might be a little bit different, but again, you do you because at the end of the day, who cares? I remember I in college, I had a professor. She taught uh, one of the studies classes, a blank studies classes I took. And she's talked about this, that she was so dressed out at the grocery store and she was an immigrant and her husband thought it was so embarrassing because they had just come been to the country, I think, just for a few years. But she was like, I'm not here to impress but I'm here to get the stuff I need to get. I'm going to go home. I'm going to be comfortable while I do it because there's probably too many people there. And that's probably true, too, which honestly might be a point in the column also is like, oh, my gosh, there's so many people who judge you. But just be comfortable. Do whatever you need to do to make it as fast and efficient as possible because no one wants to do it. You want to go back home and sit on the couch again. 100% with it. It's not, I mean, it's not really a competition. It is a little bit. It's not really, though, to try and get done as fast as possible. But, you know, if you keep your times, so I could understand that. Uh, what is competition is anything between siblings. Hopefully it's a friendly one. But if you have siblings, yes, there's a competition to be the favorite. What I didn't know is that uh, it was going to affect my proposal timeline and stress me out even more. I'm going to be the best sibling no matter what. I'm going to be the favorite. I don't care who you are if you have at least one sibling there's an underlying subconscious desire to be the favorite. Now, now, that's not to say you get dirty about it and you jerk about it or anything but there is a competition regardless. A.M.'s with A.J. on VFX it's a goals gym debated 8. And it comes out in interesting ways. Like it already wasn't a stress-filled, anxiety-filled situation to get engaged, right? Want to do it exactly right, had to get the right ring, want to do it the exact moment. Then there's all those self-confidence issues about what you'll look like in pictures, but that we'll put that aside for a minute. And then to find out, oh, no, my girlfriend's sister is now in the same ballpark in terms of uh, what you're looking at to do with her life as well, and now I've got a time Time frame to do so. Now there's a little bit of competition about which sibling is going to get engaged first. Let me be clear I'm, there's a difference between being the first one to get engaged and getting engaged first. Being the first one to get engaged, that's my brother did that to me. My brother dated his high school sweetheart. He got uh, engaged oh gosh, uh, six, seven years ago. He got married five years ago this August. That's different because nowhere in the ballpark. I was nowhere in the ballpark. But if you find yourself in a situation now, we've shopped for rings, sisters shop for rings. Maybe we've bought a ring, they're starting to look at rings. All of a sudden, you're going to have that conversation with the girl's dad that's entirely different. Now, all of a sudden, that stress level goes to a maximum because now it feels like there's a shrunk down window to operate in that maybe or maybe not was already there. But I, I, panicking panicking basically because this sibling competition i fully understand and i feel like i have to acknowledge we have to win but that just makes it that much more stress-filled when all of a sudden you take this huge moment that was going to take the right kind of willpower and setup and all everything had to be perfect and now you got to speed it up to match a certain time frame i gotta be honest what's even more concerning is my sisters are a year and a half apart in age They are both in serious relationships. When I went home for Christmas, I got to meet both both their boyfriends, which was a big thing, right? Introduced them to the brothers. I am now concerned that this issue may come up again in my life, but now in my own family where they have to deal with two sisters who are deciding, oh, I'm going to be the first. Hey, you're in your low low 20s. Take a breather. It's going to be fine, but I'm concerned they're going to hit the hyperspeed on it solely because of sibling competition. I actually realized, too, I might be the cause of that because I'm not going to say nothing makes you more envious of, of weddings, but I feel like if you if you think you kind of got weddings on the brain and then all of a sudden you go to one, like obviously my sisters would be at my wedding, it's just going to be like, oh, we should do this. Because like for my buddy who just got engaged, granted this is a while ago, but man, every time they went to a wedding because they were at my brother's wedding together and stuff like that, they were like... Her specific is like, oh, this is what we need to do. So it's probably going to be me that that puts the hyperspeed on it. (sighs) Okay. Another good combat for stress, right? We had the five, four, three, two, one thing. It's also to listen to dumb stories and then realize, oh, thank goodness. It's not as bad as I thought it could be because at least I'm not trying to poison my boss or uh, getting my hand stuck in the uh, donation box at a church, which feels like, Super sitting, like doubling down on sin. If I'm being honest, just because it happened fine in a movie doesn't mean that's the way it works in real life. We all know that, right? Like just because in like wedding crashers, the eye drops made that dude puke. It was a a Bradley Cooper and he was totally fine at the end. Like we know that's not how it necessarily unfolds, right? As with AJ on VFX is Florida. Not two people are in uh, trouble or facing up to 20 years in prison specifically after trying to poison their boss. By putting eye drops in his coffee. Again, just because it worked in a movie doesn't mean it works in real life. The headline number two a man tried to rob from a church. He got his arm so deep into the, the deposit box and stuck, he had to be medically treated to stop the bleeding. And again, that just feels like doubling down on something. Like, it's one thing to steal from the church, but like, you are stealing from the thing that's supposed to help people. Like, oh boy, oh boy. I know we've all hypothetically like told a, a coworker or a boss off before, but none of us was like, "Let's actually poison him." Yeah, let's do that. No, no, no. No, if you're involved with someone and you're whining about work and all of a sudden that happens, like immediately report that. Seriously report that. Florida did not Sams with AJ on VFX. Two security guards decided they're absolutely sick of their boss, and they were like, "Wait! Wait, we watched Wedding Crashers. That thing totally worked. I have no idea if they actually watched Wedding Crashers. But in that movie, right, they do the eye drop trick on Bradley Cooper. And that's exactly what they tried to do. But instead of barfing, what actually happens is apparently there's an ingredient in eye drops that can lower your bread, blood pressure. And if you ingest enough of it, your heart can start beating dangerously slow. So they put it in the coffee maker that only the supervisor uses. Luckily, another co is like, whoa, 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 timeout, timeout, timeout. out! no. And told someone, those guys got arrested, nobody ingested anything, so nobody got poisoned. But good gosh, you just hypothetically play out like, yeah, I flipped the desk when I quit. That's what you do. Story number two, a man decided to skip the church plate entirely. He went straight for the box. Okay, so he went for the donation box. The problem is when he went to stick his arm in there, it got stuck. You know, honestly, like either A, they didn't want anybody to be able to steal, so they designed it that way, or B, maybe just maybe powers from up a B were like, "Ah, no, stuck. Uh, It was, in fact, so bad that when he was finally discovered and uh, he had to be taken care of, in fact, EMTs had to respond to stem the Bleeding because he had cut his arm up so bad trying to get it in and out of the donation box. Good gosh, sir. I mean, that if that's not a sign that uh, maybe powers up a beat up above, we're like, no, we were watching on this one and uh, you're done. You're done, bro. I don't know what is. That's a double sin. So the question is, which one is dumb enough to be Florida or not? And I've never contemplated stealing from the church before because it's just one of those things where it feels, again, like a super sin, but the dude's rocking the Let's watch this movie. This totally work. Let's do this. Skipping all the way to the poisoning of the boss. Super extreme, right? Super extreme. I mean, I think you could go either way on this one, but I'm just, I, the way I see it in my head, they watched the movie and thought it was a great idea. In fact, they had one of those moments where the light bulbs went up and they slowly turned to each other and then they finished each other's sentences. So luckily they're in jail. Unfortunately, though it has been a minute. It was quite commonplace for the stories of the Carolinas to be folded in with Florida or not to, more often than not because they had their own set of crazy criminals. And these two guy idiots were in South Carolina. Dude stealing from the church, I guess, unsurprising because is there anything lower, uh, anything too low for Florida criminals? No, that one was in Florida. Florida not on VFX. So we know don't do either of those things. Don't steal from the church. Don't try and imitate movies. That was easy enough to figure out. The problem is, why is it like things like how to address a letter are things that I don't know? Because I feel like I should. What are the adult things you feel like you should know? No clue. It feels just appropriate to ask, what are the adult things you feel like you should know that you don't know right after Florida not? Because one of the things, this is the most embarrassing thing, AM's with AJ on VFX, is for so long, I thought that like the envelopes at the post office, at the store... You know the ones you buy the cars, right? They have all the envelopes. I thought those were just free. Like if you came in to use something, like if you're going to buy a car, you got one, right? It came free with a card at the store. If you went to the post office and you're going to mail something and you just need an envelope, here you go. Because you had to pay for the stamp. That's, That's not the case. And I may or may not have definitely stolen envelopes from the post office and the store. Somewhere in the half a dozen to a dozen category, and I'm sorry. Should know that. Should know that. Didn't know that. But, like, that's the thing. We had the conversation every year. Someone talks about, oh, man, tax season, right? Which It's unfortunate that I learned about parallelograms. Luckily, you fools aren't prepared for parallelogram season like I am. Because growing up is is learning a few things and apparently taking a few emotional knocks along the way when you find out, wait, that's how it is? That's what it is, and nobody told me the entire time. Really? Uh it's on our Facebook page, it was the poll of the day. Ashley commented and said anything about finance stuff past my savings and checkings account. <laughs> and you know, that one it comes up a lot. We've heard that a lot uh on the morning show throughout the years, is that everybody's told credit cards are bad. No. Everything is bad if you misuse it or if it's in just a mass amount of quality, but they do serve a certain kind of purpose, but that seems to be what it is. Um, you know what, actually, I'm not blaming dad for this one, but I finally only learned to change a tire when Ashley and I went on vacation. We were going up to Canada, and we got a flat tire in Wyoming. And the police officer came to help us out. He saw us luckily because we stopped by the side of the road and actually gave us a quick crash course. Didn't know that there was the little the little twisty you could use to get the lug nuts off if you didn't have the tools that came along with it. Showed us where that was. Showed us how to do it, and we did it. And you know, we got our tire replaced, and everything was fine. And that's not even the first tire we had ex- first flat tire we had experienced on vacation. But it took until that cop, like three years into us dating, I was like, oh. This is all stuff I feel like I probably should have known. Why was this? Oh, what better now than never, I guess. What is the adult thing you feel like you should have known but don't know? Thermo fisher poll today: Utah's VFX on our Facebook page. You can comment. Just a little start, just a scratch of an iceberg for Cash Valley secrets. Because we actually are going to put parents on blast. But before we get there, of course, what are the confessions? What are the things you need off your chest heading into the weekend? Can we acknowledge that there is a certain level of imagination that luckily still is involved as an adult, hopefully for most of us? Ames with AJ and VFX is Cash Valley Secrets, right? The confessions, people, things need to get the guilt off their chest heading into the weekend. Someone said, I parked the forklifts at work next to one another during the weekend so they don't get lonely. And this is the imagination. Yeah, it's okay, right? It's a little bit ridiculous, but like if you're a stuffed animal person, which we are in my household... If we leave them alone, we say something to them, or we never separate or at least never take one by itself. Like, for instance, uh, a couple weeks ago, Ashley went to stay the night with her mom because she went and did, like, a mom-daughter thing, and then she didn't want to make the drive back from Layton. So she took uh, our Snoopy one, but then she took, I believe, the Tree Spirit as well. So they weren't alone. She took the two, so I had the other ones, and vice versa. So she always makes sure that they're not alone. There's a little bit of imagination. We can admit that. They could still be involved in uh, being an adult, right? Uh, another confession: I have absolutely no sense of direction. When using Google Maps, I have to start walking to see if my dot is going in the right direction. Sometimes this takes me more than four attempts because I can't remember the streets I've already tried. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. I think I could get to most places generally in Cache Valley now. I've lived here long enough, but man, that first thought is so annoying. My buddy and I, when we went down to Moochies before I I took him to the airport to fly out. So we went in eight and then we had to fly out and he pulled up the GPS and I'm like, all right, which way are you go? And he's like, ah, the dot has not established itself. And that's the most annoying thing ever, right? When you're trying to figure out and then you're like, I think it's this way. And then you pick the wrong way. And you're like, "Ah, crap baskets. Now I got to turn this back around. Oh my gosh. Dot, just know what's going on. Come on. Another confession. I feel low level shame and embarrassment when MS word can't even figure out what word I'm trying to spell. Okay. I don't think you should because while word I think is the standard. I mean, how many times is your phone mine's notorious for just being like, hey, by the way, this word's misspelled. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's taco. I know how to spell taco. And it's like, I don't I don't recognize it, bro. You you it's probably wrong. It's probably wrong. So <laughs> it it really is unfortunate when you type everything in and you're like No, that's not any of them. Then you go to Google. Luckily, Google has you more often than not because it's the smarty pants one that can't be proved wrong. It needs to know. But I feel a little bit of that, but I wouldn't feel totally bad because it's not like it's totally right all the time. Again, my phone once told me taco was a word it didn't recognize. T-A-C-O. Hard to mess that one up. Last confession. I love my boyfriend of 10 years, but I absolutely despise his laugh. It's gotten to the point where I avoid anything remotely funny around him in hopes I don't have to hear it. Can't tell him as I would break his his heart, the sensitive, horrible laughing jerk. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but doesn't, doesn't everybody have that that fear at some point? Like, don't you fear you laugh too hard? One of, one of the cringiest moments I ever had, I was looking at memes with a friend who was on the phone with someone, and I laughed a little bit too hard, and then everybody was like, oh my gosh, what?" and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. It's like, is it a bad laugh? Please tell me it's not a bad laugh. Everyone at some point has thought about their laugh in some capacity, and if you've laughed la- harder than everyone else or louder, then you've been like, "Oh, oh, it's not as bad as like the windshield wipers when you're driving." You're like, is mine about the same as everybody else's? But it's there, it's there, and you know, you know the laughs. Everybody recognizes the laughs are a little bit obnoxious, but I, I don't know that anybody could change their laugh. But that just doesn't seem like a life that I would want to live. Right? No fun things ever again. No laughing. I don't want to be around you and have joy whatsoever that may cause you to outbreak in a little bit of a giggle. That annoys me. Doesn't seem like a good way to go about that. I think you're both just going to be miserable forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Confessions not done. One of my all time favorite games. And we are going to put parents on blast, but not for this one because they are decisions we make to get us in trouble. And that is little kid or drunk adult. They have the same absolute chaotic energy. The question just is, in this given time, which one is it? Little kid or drunk adult? It's the same chaotic energy, and it's the energy we need to make it through Friday, right? Get hyped. It's Little Kid or Drunk Adult as we have Cash Valley Secrets continue on the FX AMs with AJ. Let's hear Sam's story. Sam, all right. What is it? I torched my left eyebrow. off. Torched my eyebrow. Kid thing, right? Uh, to be honest with you, once upon a time. Well, I'll, let's do your story first. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with little kid. I was a drunk adult. Um, it. it was actually like two months ago, I'd say. And uh, <laughs> two I was doing a bath and just not paying much attention. And um, when I turned on the torch, I had the uh, the wrong car <laughs> facing my face, and I just turned it on. And within a few seconds, I just burned my eyebrow right off. <laughs> Okay. So, all right. I didn't think about that. DIY injuries went through the roof during COVID because everybody was at home. So ahead of the home and garden show, please, please be careful with your DIY projects. Sam, I hope you're okay. I I was going to say when I was a kid, I once smelled too hard on a candle and I went and the flame went up my nose and that is an uncomfortable sensation. So I was like, oh yeah, kids like have a super fascination with fire, but (laughs) okay. I forgot the DIY part. Uh, Jerry's next, Jerry, what's your story? I set off fireworks in a bounce house and it caused it to catch on fire. Okay. I feel confident that is a kid one because I don't, unless you rented your own. And if so, I mean, that is like, I have adult money. I can do adult things now. I don't think you could, I don't think anybody would let you into a bounce house as an adult. So I'm going to go with little kid. I was a little kid. Uh, It was the 4th of July and my brother gave me a ton of fireworks to play with. I was so excited. And I ended up lighting them in the bounce house, which I guess I thought was a great idea. And it caught a fire, Man. and my brother and I were grounded for six months. But luckily, yeah, we bailed out of there before yeah. anything really bad happened. Okay, guys. Fire. Let's, let's, we're coming up to the warm time. Everybody's going to be outside. Let's be cognizant like none of the fire things. I think the closest I can come to that, my dad... And I don't know what it is. I actually probably should go back and see if there's a news story about it. But my dad once told me, because there's a little small little public park behind my grandma's house growing up where he lived, that he went outside he went out one fourth of July and quote, burned the park down and ran inside and sat and pretended like he didn't know what was going on. It feels like a dad exaggeration, but I actually have never heard the full story. So I should probably see if there's a news story about that back in the day. Okay, Samantha's last Samantha, what's your story? I got busted stealing a Barbie motorized Jeep. <laughs> Oh, man. See, I would have said little kid because I had one of the, the Jeeps as a kid, and they were so awesome. But now, like, they've come full circle, and I want one really bad as an adult. Drunk adult. I was a drunk adult. Yes. I was at a friend's summer party, and we had been in the sun way too long and had too many Oof. drinks. And yeah, at one point, I had the spins even, and Oof. my friend took me out front to get some fresh air, and I noticed their neighbor's kids left their Barbie oh. Jeep outside. So I decided to take it out for a joyride. Oh. And when the mom came out, she was screaming at me to bring it back. Uh, the worst part was when I brought it back, I got stuck in it and face planted into the sidewalk and bruised my face. <laughs> Ouch. So That's what happens when you... Whenever, whenever an adult messes with or even an older kid messes with the toys that just aren't quite for them... It's going to be painful. My brother and I decided to take one of those pole wagons that kids can sit in, right? And you can just tow when we were, I, don't, I was in probably early high school in middle school. We we're going to take it down a big hill in our neighborhood. And then we were like, oh my gosh, this is going way too fast. We don't know how to stop. And I turned too sharply. Oh my gosh. We like flipped and I like skidded the entirety of my shin. That is just a lesson to never mess with kids toys because it's just never going to work. That is chaotic energy. See it question every time little kid or drunk adult they run on the same kind of energy no inhibition and it's going to be a good story and it might be a painful story that's not how parents get put on blast though because maybe rightfully so coming out of little kid or drunk adult sometimes parents in the name of looking out for you still treat you a little bit like a kid right how do they do so mom i could do by myself look it is inevitably going to happen. Your parents are going to look out for you, right? AMs with H-A-V-F-X, but you do But what you don't want is that overbearing hand. But I think each parent with best intentions more often than not has maybe a shortcoming in terms of the thing they just feel like they see going awry and they can jump in on. How do your parents still treat you like kid? And I can tell you the number one thing for me is career still. And it's not like, oh, man, radio, you're so dumb. You should be a doctor. There might have been some of that at the beginning. I don't honestly remember. I probably repressed it. It's not that. It's it's the advice. And I'm not saying that advice isn't welcome, but if I can give you, for instance, so I, I'm doing radio. My brother uh, is in the medical profession. He works in labs and hospitals. And in doing so, we have also met peers that work in the same industry and been able to consult them and made friends, right? So there are people who've been plugged in that we can talk to. That being said, there's still a parent of ours who, for both of us, just is like, You should do this. And then we logically explain, well, it doesn't work that way. Or my brother's case for his, he just didn't want to do, he doesn't want to be a doctor. But that was, you got to be a doctor. I don't want to do it. But they still like this. I'm like, okay, can you acknowledge, can we acknowledge that maybe just maybe the people involved in the field, just a thought, have probably explored that and talked to other people, have given them some advice. Maybe, just maybe. Acknowledge that. How do your parents still treat you like, kid? Matt's on the line. Matt, how's it for you? My mom still makes me dinner to take home whenever I come over. Even if I'm not there for dinner. She gives me enough for a few days, too. Dude, that's awesome. I mean, I, I guess it could be if she's, like, insinuating that she thinks she'll starve to death because you can't cook. But, I mean, that's what you go for the holidays for anyway, right? I have to admit, that's uh, pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, yeah, it is, man. Okay, Matt coming in humble bragging. Oh, my mom always makes me food. Like, don't get me wrong. I could survive on my own, mom and dad, but I mean, home cooked meal—that's gonna save me some time. Pfft, yeah, I'm gonna turn that down. Jessica on the line. Jessica, how do your uh, parents still treat you like a kid? My mom always comments on how I dress. Mm, it gets yep, okay, so yep. super annoying. I mean, I'm 25 years old, <laughs> and yeah, I still live at home with them. But like every time I go to leave the house, she's like, "Let me see what you're wearing," as if I can't dress myself. <laughs> Jessica, I'm 100% with you. Though, for uh, we got to watch out for this trick. What my mom started doing is eventually if you make enough stink, stop saying something about it. But then uh, you just starts to buy the clothes that they hope that you wear. And you're like, thanks for the errand. This is going straight to the DI, right? It's amazing. I just, I look, do what you got to do. I, you can save money if you're comfortable with the situation. Just like how you snuck in there. i are still living with it at home. You're 25. You're 100% right. But now that kind of feels like the under my roof, under my rules thing. Just a little bit. It feels just a little bit like that. You know, the interesting thing about parents is I feel like they kind of go through these phases, right? So they've got to look out for you. And then they've got to learn to gradually let you, let you go a little bit. And then at some point, I feel like they come back in and they want to... Uh, be right there and just give you advice. And they're trying, trying to give you advice, but right there, you're a little bit too heavy handed. Question is, what happens when uh, you try and balance that with, you know, maybe a little bit too friendly role, right? The cool parent. Can you do it at a certain age? Is there a cutoff from when all of a sudden you could start to transition from a little bit less parent and a little bit more friend? Are you the cool or the strict parent? Because at some point, at any given point, in a relationship that's going to be defined between kid and parents, right? And understandably, for a very long time, the cool parent is going to be the favorite. AM's with AJ, it's the gold chimp to pay to date on VFX. But what the kid needs, ultimately, is the strict parent. Not to say they both don't serve their purpose. For instance, growing up, my stepmom was the cool parent as opposed to my dad. And that meant that she was the one we could talk to, which I think was a, a good chain of command in terms of being able to feel comfortable a little bit more relaxed Tell her stuff that could get to my dad it just maybe couldn't feel like he talked to my dad but at the end of the day as long as it's not too heavy-handed the strict parent i think is the one you ultimately end up understanding and you kind of bond with him not to say more than the other but like my dad and i are super tight now so obviously didn't play any ramifications so i think that they play their roles but i think in the in the, in the long term you appreciate the strict parent more and more as long as it's not too heavy-handed. The question is, that cool parent, the friend, is there an age cutoff for that comes in? Because like once you're, you know, you're in high school and stuff, you gotta maybe a little bit middle school, you gotta rela- try and relate. I think Just try you can communicate honestly with your kids. But if you start earlier in that, you set yourself up to be a pushover. Ashton on the line. Ashton, what do you think? Good, bad to be a, a the friend early on with your kid? I like being my kid's friend. I think that being buddies is is a good thing. Yeah, you have to be dad every now and then, but there's nothing wrong with being friends. Friends have great relationships and have fun together. What's so wrong with that? Okay, nothing you said was bad. As you say, though, my thought process is thinking a buddy of mine, he's dad, a little girl, and... uh, He, to me, is definitely the pushover parent of the two of them. And he's going to be the the fun one. He's always going to be the fun one. His personality lent itself to being the fun one. But then, you know, I I wonder. And I don't have kids, so I can't totally know. I'm like, how's this going to play out long term? Like, you set up this stuff, and I think you're going to be the pushover forever? Because, like, for instance, my mom, I think, has always tried to be the cool parent with all four of us. And the problem is you run it at some time at some point is I think you realize who the pushover parent is once you get to cer- a certain age and you can play it a little bit. And so it's it just I think it it changes things because then when the parent like goes overboard to try and like course correct, right? Because that's the parent you, you kind of count as a cool parent, then all of a sudden you have this because like that my mom was always the one who threatened to take away Christmas. We both know she's not taking away Christmas. So you gotta, I think you got to be careful how far off course you get from that, that discipline. Uh, Sarah on the line, Sarah, good to be friends with your kids early on. I think it's important that you have fun with your kids. Right. Uh, playing with them and doing activities with right. them will really bond you. But no, you're not their friend. They have to know that you are in charge and not just a peer. I think that's a good point at the end of the day because the truth of the matter is there's really i think no matter what for the most part there's going to be a period of time where parents i kids just be like No, you're lame i, I want to do my own thing it's gonna happen right we're all gonna split off and be like no i might. you don't understand me i want to go sit with my friends they get me balancing that no idea good luck with it i haven't been a parent that's probably a big reason why but at the end of the day right you still got to maintain some authority there and i think you, you got to be careful not ceding too much ground to earn your way in because ultimately Still got to look out for him. Because I can be honest, looking back on my childhood, yeah, at the time, having the pushover parent was great. But then you look where things are now. It's like, eh, you know, maybe just maybe if you stuck a little bit close to that line of discipline, it might have been, uh, things might have been different in our relationship. Actually, speaking of dads, I feel like dads more often not have an easier time being <laughs> the pushover parent. And uh, dads more often not also stick to their guns of being stubborn. How else do you get a dad that eats dog treats? For 20 straight years. When it comes to balancing being the friendly parent and being the strict parent, how do you do that? Goals Jim debated eight. That started us awesome. John's on the line. John, how do you do it? Man, I, I'm in the middle of teenagers right now. Oh. And I'm kind of what you talked about. I, my, my personality is that I want to have fun with my kids. right? But I've got to the point now where I've gotten pushed over, and I just call them out on the crap. Uh-huh. I say, look, I give, and I give, but then... When you take advantage of it, that's when consequences arise. So, and it, you know, they're older teenagers, and when you talk to them about that and have that conversation, they get it, and that's when I think more of the friendship starts to develop versus the, you know, the parent. Because as they get older, I think it's more of a friendship and respecting than it is a parent-child relationship. But I would totally agree with that, actually, John. Because I think that was how my dad handled my brother and I. He had a hands-off parenting style unless we made a mistake and he had to correct the course. And at the time, he was the strict parent, but, you know, we're close with him now because he was honest with us. Instead, you go the other way. I think my mom wasn't so honest about it and then tried to over-course correct, and it affects the relationship. Though, to be honest, it I don't see my mom being one that could eat dog treats for 20-plus years. A story's gone viral on Reddit where a woman said that she was talking to her dad about gas prices and he ended up talking about these biscuits that he gets at the, gra- the gr- uh, gas station, been doing it for 20-plus years, loves him. She went over there and bought a pack, and within just turning it over, said they're clearly marked dog treats. Now, dad says with that new knowledge, he doesn't think he's going to eat them anymore, but that is a dad thing. Like, my father is a very intelligent man. My father's also a very stubborn man, and he knows what he knows, he likes what he likes, and that's very clear. Now, I do not think that my dad would not like look at the bag and, and then examine it just a smidge to see what it is because he's health-conscious enough that I think he'd check that. But my dad is stubborn enough that I think if he likes something or he decided something, he would very much be set in those ways for a while. My question is, obviously, they're not that bad because if the taste didn't stand out to him, they must be solid. And so is it weird to eat dog treats? Sure, but I don't think there's any health ramification. Who's going to know? That's not definitely the weirdest thing anybody's eaten before, though, right? Six eight two five five. The number to text. Start your text with VFX. I will tell you. People have asked me before. Do you want to know how hot dogs are made? And my answer every time is absolutely not. Because if I know, I'm not going to want to eat them. I know there's a casing, and it's the left over part. I, I know enough, but I don't need to know anymore. That being said, as, as disgusting as it is, a picture casing being filled, fish balls are entirely worse than hot dogs. When I was in Asia, we uh, had, had a bunch of foods, delicious Korean food, actually probably the best food. We had a bunch of food. It was delicious. We went to the place and had the, uh, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but they serve it in those little baskets and you kind of order it buffet style. and Everybody kind of picks and chooses. Well, we decided to try fish balls because we try to be authentic. We try to get as much authentic cuisine as we can. Oh no, no. You know, hot dogs, right? They're cooked correctly. You bite through. You don't really know the casing is there. It just all feels part of the same hot dog. No, this was quite clear because it took very much effort to pierce the darn thing. And then even snipe oh, mm, mm. I did one to be a good trooper never again. That is by far and away the most disgusting thing that I've ever had. I will take dog biscuits seven days out of the week and twice on Sunday. Random internet question that is definitely going to get discussed in the after show. Are there more doors or wheels in the world? Random question from the internet, specifically TikTok has been tackling this, and does it get us any closer to solving any of humanity's problems? Absolutely not. Do I now really want to know? Yes. AM's with AJ on VFX, and you can weigh in on our Facebook page because I don't know that there's any way to figure out what there's more of, doors or wheels. But Utah's VFX on Facebook, it's up there. We're definitely going to talk about it in the after show, which will also be on Facebook. But here's my thought. So I Googled how many cars are in the world. And apparently, according to Google, there are estimated over 1 billion passenger cars traveling the streets and roads of the world today. So that would be 4 billion wheels. But, of course, there's more than just passenger cars, right? So there's recreational, like golf carts and four-wheelers. There's motorcycles. There's trucking, right, industry, like semi-trucks. There's tires on planes. So there's more than 4 billion. So I don't know what to safely ballpark it. Do we double it and say 8 billion? Do we think there's more doors in that? And here's, here's my thought process. I am leaning doors. And my thought is because while there's that many cars, you can't really maximize in terms of stacking cars. Semis and stuff, right? There's, there's all, those, all those wheels on all those things. And people own multiple cars or multiple things like recreational vehicles and such. But like think about New York City. Those office buildings are tall. And there's doors to the bathrooms. There's doors to the offices. And, like, New York is one city, but, like, every big city like that. And how many houses can you jam onto a block? And those houses are multiple levels. I think the answer is doors. I think there are more doors than wheels solely because building-wise, construction-wise, they can maximize by going up. Cars can, I mean, in a parking garage and all that, but I just think there's more potential for doors because – not everybody has a house, but not everybody has a car. I just think it's doors. I think office buildings in big cities, specifically, multiple doors in each house. Because what is the least amount of doors you can have a house? Front door, bathroom door. Uh, you probably got at least one closet, right? Probably at least one closet in the in the bedroom. Um, maybe maybe that's about it. Maybe a pantry or cabinets, right? Those are yeah, no, we're not gonna count those. Let's not count those. But that's four. Like I. What do you think? I'm going to get into the after show, might be a little bit of arguing, but I'm just really curious, are there more doors or wheels in the world? Utah's VFX on our Facebook page. I can tell you for sure that uh, in Parknarks there are eight wheels for sure. And I believe four, five doors, seven, I can't count. More, <laughs> more tourists and wheels and park narcs and today's the day we find out who is the most annoying parker in cash valley so if you haven't voted you got just a little bit of time left to do so that's pinned to the top of our facebook page utah's vfx i did the math i did the math assuming there's two doors on this truck and nominee number one for park narcs utah's vfx on our Facebook page still got a little bit of time to vote same with aj so assuming there's two doors there Not counting all the cars in the background because I didn't count them before. There are at least seven doors in Park Darks because there's a door at the front of the store. And then, of course, there's four on this car. Which actually, to the internet question we're solving, which we'll get into for the after show, are there more doors or wheels in the world? My friend told me, texted me, and made a great point that I didn't think about. Doors on cars. There's usually at least four doors on cars, at least. That negates the wheel. So... Think about the net positive that is houses and office buildings. It's definitely doors. It has to be more doors than wheels. That being said, we're focusing on park narks. Nominee number one, there are some spots here somewhere. This vehicle clearly has no idea what a parking spot looks like. Doesn't know what a legal parking spot looks like. is for darn sure because it's got its front two wheels and special needs spots. Its back two wheels and a stripy rectangle. And it split the difference between the sign that says, hey, these are special needs spots. And then nominee number two is a classic. I mean, that's textbook. It should be an example of, like, how do you park where you can perfectly use the excuse, I just had to run in for a second, it's totally cool. It's nominee number two. This is how to quick stop park. 45 degrees, you take up two spots right at the front of the store so everybody can look at you. That being said, Friday being my time to vote, and basically near the end of my vote not mattering whatsoever, it is hard to not say that nominee number one is not the most annoying. It has done so many things wrong. The only thing that may save it, in fact, is it has done so many things wrong. You start to wonder, like, did a four-year-old get in this truck and just decide it needed to roll to Walmart to get some candy or something? Is Like, is that what happened? Because that, that, I would believe it with just how badly it is parked. If you have not voted, either Facebook or Instagram, Utah's VFX both work. And then, of course, uh... Vote. We'll find out who the most annoying one is coming up here in just a little bit. Also, they'll win a prize, and the winner will move on to the Park Narks Tournament at the end of the year. You see terrible parking, Utah's VFX. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Utah's VFX to submit your nominee. Park Narks is brought to you by the Cash Valley Fun Park. It's the perfect place to have a party because they have bowling, axe throwing, laser tag. They've got food, so host family reunions, birthday parties, company events, because you can rent out the whole place or just a party room, and they'll do all the cleanup. Cash Valley Fun Park, Cash Valley's family destination, and group party headquarters. The moment of truth. Really a true delivery of karma, if you ask me, because you get to finally tell people who deserve to be told, hey, jack wagon, why are you parking like that? You're not allowed to do that. That's what Park Narcs is on VFX. It's been on our Instagram. It's been pinned to the top of our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. Nominee number one, there's some spots here somewhere... It's like someone blind drove into the front of a a Walmart because they put their front two tires in a special needs spot, their back two spires in a stripy rectangle, and they split the signs that say right here, special needs spots. I mean, it's so bad that it's hard not to think, okay, someone must just be blind driving that. It was a six-year-old who was like, ah, I'm going to go to Walmart and get me some kids. Like, that has to be what it is. Nominee number two, this is how to quick stop park, is the textbook definition of how a car uh, would park correctly if it was going to use the excuse, well, I just had to run in for a minute. It's fine. I just had to run in for a minute. It's fine. 45 degrees, taking up two spots. That's nominee number two. Now, my vote, it's hard not to say that nominee number one is the most wrong. It is the most annoying because it's just so egregious. But was there any way you could think, okay, there has to be some kind of story here. And the answer is, No, an overwhelming majority, like almost no votes for nominee number two came in. Nominee number one, by far and away, the one everyone hated the most. So, nominee number one gets to move on to the tournament at the end of the year. Narker number one, the person who caught the picture and did the right thing to help clean up Parking Cash Valley, they're going to win a Johnny O. gift card on top of that. Um... You've got a chance to win as well. Thank you all that vote. Continue to submit your nominees, Utah's VFX, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, as we continue to clean up parking. Because I got to tell you, based on some of the nominees that have been coming in the last two weeks, the weather warming up means basically just park wherever you want, apparently. It feels like it's going to be a nuts park, Narks. Thank you again for voting. Of course, submit your nominees, Utah's VFX, on social media. You know who the real enemy is of nice weather? It's birds. Not that they're against nice weather, they're enjoying it as well. And that's too, they can do that. However, say tomorrow, Saturday, it's a nice weather. So you can wait till the, wait till the afternoon, go out and do some stuff, relax, or whatever. Maybe sleep in. Who's the one bugging you? Birds. Maybe one doing so. That's what my VFX Facebook roulette is because it's absolutely correct. Patrick is who I landed on. It says, me trying to sleep a little longer in the weekend. Birds outside. What? Facts. To be honest with you, not, not in the same way I hate bugs. I feel like bugs serve almost no purpose to us. Just f- whatever their bullcrap job is. There just isn't one. Birds, on the other hand, they I know they serve a purpose. Just one of those purposes I think is obnoxious more often than not. <laughs> the A.J. Knight. Find me, add me across all social media. Utah's VFX. Same. Get your Park Narc nominees in because the warmer weather, people just think that they can do whatever they want and sort it out. Uh, later, Utah's VFX. If you miss anything from the show, you can find the podcast and search for Utah's VFX on Spotify, iTunes, anything like that. Of course, there's the after show. Same thing on all of our social media, Utah's VFX, every weekday at uh, 1030. Don't forget that the Home and Garden Show starts at about 10 minutes before noon. You get in for a buck. It's at the Eccles Ice Center. Everything you can want for your DIY projects, it is there. Uh, And also, details here momentarily on how you can win free gas a little bit later today. Tell Monday morning, though, frames with AJ at VFX, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Thanks for listening.